0: Welcome to the Nine Line, your news and information source for healthcare-related issues impacting Southern Nevada veterans, and a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. And now here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray.
1: Hi, thanks for listening to the Nine Line Podcast, where VA Southern Nevada Healthcare Systems podcast for all veteran healthcare items. My name is John Archiquette. I am your host, and joining me I've got Joshua Gray, as per usual. As Not George Patton anymore. No, no, no not George Patton no. anymore. But I have a stress ball, so
2: that's good. <laughs>
1: Are you ex- the way,
2: excessively stressed right now? Well, I mean, everybody's stressed out right now, right? Fair. By the end of the show, this thing's probably going to be a stress pancake. So it was, uh, yeah. Oh, like I, got, I got one now. You got too, one now so, too. Yeah. There you go. All right. So th-
1: these are our first guests that have actually brought gifts with them. I know.
2: So we appreciate that. Your your chances of getting on our show goes up ten thousand percent if you bring us tchotchkes. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. I love it.
1: Uh, so with us today we have two wonderful ladies from the caregiver support program. It's uh, Sherry Shalika. Did I pronounce that correctly? Shalika. Shalika. I'm sorry. That's okay. Sherry Shalika. And we have Tiana Edler. And they are the general peer support coordinator and program manager, respectively. Did I get that in the right order?
3: General caregiver support coordinator. Okay. Yeah. Perfect.
1: Titles are hard. <laughs> it is, <laughs> it's a mouthful. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, ladies. We really appreciate it. And uh, you're here basically because caregiver support has gone undergone a lot of changes recently, correct? Yes.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it's it's something that. I know that I would like to be better, you know, know more have more knowledge on because it, it's something that uh, a lot of vet- veterans have asking questions about lately, um, and it's I know it's something of great interest. So we're going to discuss some of the changes, uh, some of the important things of the program, and uh, what it means for veterans at home. So uh, again, thank you for joining us. Now, give us a, a little breakdown. What is caregiver support?
3: Well, actually, um, caregiver support is is comprised of two programs. Um, there's the comprehensive program where um, the caregiver receives a stipend, as well as education and support. Um, and then there's the general program where it's uh, it's it's geared for all eras, not just the uh, post 9/11 veterans. Um, and it's all, you know, it's, caregiving is hard. And so we want to support our veterans by supporting their caregivers in the home. And, um, this is the way that the VA is, is doing that.
1: So, sure, you said that you, at one point in time, were a caregiver yourself. Was, what does that entail?
3: Um, well, it's, it's not only, um, you know, making sure that the veteran is, is, uh, um, well, stays well at home, but... Um, it's making sure that he gets everything that he's entitled to um, I was a caregiver for my father and um, I you know it was not only physical but it was always making sure that um, his applications and his paperwork and his um, his medical appointments and his um, you know his his um, his prescriptions were filled on time, and made sure that he got his um, his wheelchair and you know the durable goods that uh, that the doctors were ordering for him, making sure they all got delivered, and he was using them correctly.
1: Now, if you weren't there to provide that care for your father, do you think he would have been able to handle things on his own? Like, how necessary was it?
3: Well, my mother was there too, but um, she was also disabled, so it was hard. Um, you know, so I was kind of like a backup. I was the secondary caregiver, if you will. And um, so it was not only, you know, making sure that he got his things, that she got her things and um, making sure they were stayed on top of their, you know, their medical needs.
1: So for being a caregiver, sometimes it's almost like a full-time job in and of itself.
3: It is. It is. A lot of the caregivers that we have in our program are, um, from the minute they wake up to the minute they go to sleep, their their main focus and main you know priority is their husbands and their veterans. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and that's another way that this program comes in to assist because our goal, our general focus is providing care and support to these caregivers, so they're continued, um, they're they're able to continue to support their veteran. And so with that, you know, we're also offering different supportive resources, trainings, um, support groups and things like that in order to assure that they're taking time for themselves for self-care and to manage their own stress levels and things of that sort. Because, you know, I mean, there it is a true statement that there's a such thing as caregiver burnout, you know. Um, And so oftentimes what happens or what we see happen is that caregivers are so focused on making sure that the veteran is well taken care of, uh, that they forget to take care of their own needs. And so oftentimes that can cause, you know, them dealing with certain illnesses and things like that themselves. So
2: So what kind of resources do you provide to prevent that caregiver burnout?
3: Want
4: to talk a little bit about that, Sherry?
3: Well, in the general program, um, it's geared for mainly education and support. We offer a host of um, um, mental health, uh, wellness type um, courses and um, classes. Um, Some of them are online. Um, Sometimes we have um, pod well, Zoom. We have a yoga class that we just finished um and we also have events where you know a caregiver can take a few hours out of out of the year um to come in you know um uh what do you call um
4: just to just to take time for themselves again like yeah. i said for that self-care you know to have a moment away where they can just focus on their needs whether it's emotional needs mental you know just relief or things of that sort so
3: where they can get together with other caregivers Mm -hmm. to compare notes and um, camaraderie, you know.
1: So during the pandemic, we've seen, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, forced to stay home, you know, isolate, especially people who are older or have comorbidities. Mm -hmm. Do you see a change with the level of importance of the caregiver support program with people having to spend so much time at home?
4: Definitely. I mean, I, I think, too, even just with the component of at a certain point, most of the appointments were uh, being done via VBC. You know, if you're talking about some of the uh, older populations of, of veterans and things of that sort, some of them might not be as tech savvy uh, and things like that. And so oftentimes, you know, the, the caregivers are assisting with that as well to assure that they're getting connected. So they can, you know, uh follow through with their appointments, keep their appointments, even when they weren't face to face. Um, aside from that, I think just often just for people in general, it's it's difficult to not be able to move in the same way that we've been moving before, you know, and being able to go out and do certain things and and so on. And so I think sometimes too with with individuals that already have physical ailments, a lot of times circumstances like this during a pandemic where you know you're limited in what you can do everything you know every time you go out you have to wear a mask and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth sometimes that weighs on the mental health as well and so i think oftentimes you will see an increase in uh some of those needs and so those caregivers being present can identify that increase. And if they haven't been connected before, the veterans haven't been connected before with mental health, behavior health, and things like that, they can advocate for them being connected. So um, for sure, I think that, you know, it does elevate that need.
2: So, you, earlier you mentioned VA Video Connect, and you mentioned doing yoga classes over over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we live now in an age where there's a lot of technology just in everybody's everyday lives. Mm-hmm. And that also kind of, uh, impacts also adaptive technologies to allow people to do things on their own that maybe they would have needed somebody else to help with before. So how, how has technology impacted caregiver support e- e- either, uh, I guess, just in, in, a, in a positive way? Like how has it changed it at all?
3: Well, it's, it's forced, um, you know, a, a lot of our older uh, veterans to Except you know, technology, and we've, um, we had a program uh, when the, f- the program, uh, at the beginning of the year, where we were handing out tablets so that we could get them connected, and so they had no, you know, no excuse not to attend, um, but we have the Annie Caregiver Tech Support, and that's just a little message that our caregivers receive. Um, they can opt to have it daily, you know, a reminder to, um, you know, take some time out for yourself, um, or it could be monthly, you know, did you take your medication today, or um, is your uh, check-in, you know, with your, um, your pr- primary care provider. Um, it, it can be educational, it could be motivational, um, and the caregiver support program has, you know, tried in a lot of different ways to expand in all areas, including technology
2: okay uh and and part of the reason i'm asking is like we've done we've done things here at the va with folks that uh, you know before if you were wheelchair bound like going out and doing something like golfing or something like that it was completely outside of the realm of, of something that you could do now they have wheelchairs that will literally stand you up and put you in the right position to swing a golf club so um you know so and that also has impacts in the home also where now before where you needed somebody to get something off of a shelf for you. Now there's there's technology that can stand you up and do help you do that for yourself. So I, I guess what I'm what I'm trying to get at is, you know, has adaptive technology. Um, it has it I guess in a way lessened the need for caregiver support? Because now with adaptive technologies, people can do things on their own that that they needed somebody previously to do? Um
4: I would I would say not. I don't think it has negatively impacted at all. Um ultimately because I mean, even with that type of technology, generally, there's a specific criteria um, that you have to meet in order to get that type of adaptive equipment, unless, you know, you're coming out of pocket with it uh, for it. Um, So with that being said, I I think we don't really see a whole lot of um, veterans that have those type of adaptive, you know, that type of adaptive equipment to that extent. So with that being said, I mean, um, even with, I think there's often certain things. I mean, depending on what the limitations are, um, what the um, what where the assistance is mainly needed, as far as activities of daily living, whether that be bathing, dressing, and things of that sort. I mean. Um, that sometimes that could be a little more tricky, you know, in order to um, still be able to complete those tasks independently. Um, also now, I mean, honestly, I feel like the the program with the expansion is definitely going to probably see an increase in numbers nationwide in regards to um, enrollees. I mean, because in the past, they were pretty much... Um, just, you know, opened up to uh, post 9-11 veterans, whereas now we've uh, done the first phase of expansion, which includes the veteran, uh, the Vietnam era veterans. So uh, veterans that served from uh, May 7, 1975 and back. Uh, so with that, you know, we have some of these uh, veterans now that, you know, uh, are experiencing a higher level of physical care needs and, and things of that sort that we didn't see before with the younger population. So with that I mean I, oftentimes you you hear that their spouses or family members have been 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 their caregiver for 30 40 something odd years but they just there wasn't a program like this in order to provide that supportive resources and things of that sort so.
1: So yeah, you brought up some of the changes. So of course, you know a lot of veterans are wondering about those changes. You mentioned the the you know. Older veterans are now available for it. What other, what other changes have you seen recently?
4: Well, uh, other changes are they are uh, increasing some of the benefits of the program. And so uh, they'll now be including financial planning for uh, primary caregivers and also legal services that could assist with uh, power of attorney, advanced directives, simple wills, and guardianship. Uh, Also, pretty much they've changed um, the verbiage of the eligibility requirements. And so pretty much now uh, under the final rule uh, that went into effect October 1st, anyone that has a disability rating by VA of 70 percent or higher um, that they could possibly qualify. So with that being said, um, another change was there is no requirement that the injury that they sustained while they were active has to be linked to the care needs, which that was, you know, sometimes what would be a roadblock for some individuals being deemed eligible in the past. They might have an injury that their service-connected for, and then they might have care needs. But the care needs was as, as a result of maybe an illness or another okay. disability and not that injury. And so due, the, due to that, they wouldn't be eligible. Whereas now, if, you know, say, for instance, if the injury is identified as PTSD, but the veteran uh, has care needs due to um, being uh, diabetic or whatever else, then they could still possibly be eligible, even though the two aren't linked.
1: So if a veteran were denied or did not qualify Mm -hmm. for caregiver support coverage in the past, Mm -hmm. now with these expanded rules, they can Mm -hmm. reapply.
4: Yes, they can reapply. So, you know, of course, there won't be any... any you know, immediate eligibility or anything based off of previous uh, application. They will reapply with a new application. There's been a new application uploaded to uh, caregiver.va.gov. Uh, they actually have uh, implemented a way to um, submit that application online now. Uh, that's new for us, so that's that's great. I mean, folks are able to submit it right there online and it comes directly to our caregiver tracking system. Uh, Also, too, I mean, they still can send it in via mail and and all of that. So all of those uh, instructions are there on on the website. Uh, So they can definitely apply.
1: Awesome. Well, we're going to come back with uh, Tiana and Sherry, and we'll have some more great information on caregiver support.
0: You're listening to The Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. We'll be back with more right after this.
1: I didn't want to talk. She just sat with
4: me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help.
0: It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your
3: words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at veteranscrisisline.net.
0: Welcome back to the Nine Line, Southern Nevada's source for veteran related healthcare news and information. Here's your hosts, John Archiquette and Joshua Gray.
1: Welcome back to the Nine Line podcast. John and Josh here with our caregiver support guests, Sherry and Tiana. Now, a lot of veterans are probably sitting here listening to this and saying, you know, do I qualify for being, you know, someone considered a caregiver caregiver support recipient? And more importantly, does my spouse or caregiver count as being qualified? Uh, what What are the necessary qualifications or are there any training or certifications that a caregiver has to have to be considered a caregiver?
4: Okay. So pretty much right now, uh, who should be applying is any uh, veteran that's VA service connected at 70% or higher and that also has personal direct personal care needs so what that means is uh they have another individual that is there supporting them uh to complete any one or more activities of daily uh living and without that individual there they would not be able to perform those things independently or it would be someone else that needs to be there in place of them to help them with that each time that it's done Uh, also to um on the flip side, it could be uh, an individual that, again, is 70% service-connected or higher uh, that has um, need for assistance or direct service or support uh, to maintain safety, personal safety and protection.
1: Now, does the that caregiver have to have a, a certification or training or anything to be considered a caregiver? No,
4: they do not. I mean, at this point, uh, to start out, um, and with the application process, all we're really looking at is really the relationship between uh, the applicant uh, that's that they're applying uh, with as a caregiver. So if they are a relative, a spouse, child, sister, brother, so on and so forth, uh, they don't necessarily have to live with the with the veteran, um, but if they are another relation, you know, uh, Friend, neighbor, so on and so forth, um, then they are required to live in the same residence with with that veteran in order to be eligible or deemed eligible. Once we uh, go through the initial phases of processing, uh, if we are, if they are deemed to be eligible for the program after that determination is made, there is training that is provided or required in order to uh, continue to approval status with uh with the caregiver program
2: so does the Mm. it sounds like a lot of caregiver support that that falls under this program is generally somebody who's a relative it's somebody who lives Mm -hmm. lives there it's a spouse it's a a child or something like that uh how does the program handle caregivers that are maybe hired outside help where if 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 i'm disabled and i have i'm you know, my, my spouse has passed on or I don't have a spouse mm-hmm. and my kids are, you know, I never had any kids and it's just me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: if if I were to go out and I know there are people that go out and they have needs and they hire outside nursing services and things mm-hmm. like that, does this fall under that? Do, are, are people able to get help with that?
4: Uh, n- no, this doesn't fall under this program. This program is uh, the program of comprehensive assistance for family caregivers. So... Pretty much, you know, the veteran is presenting with an individual that they have some form of relation with that they want to be uh, the caregiver um, under this program. As far as for the outside higher help, that would be more of some of the other VA um, provided programs like maybe um, homemaker home health aid. Um, being linked up with, with that. Uh, sometimes uh, some veterans uh, actually apply for aid in attendance where they're able to get that extra compensation in order to provide for some form of in-home care and things like that if necessary.
1: Okay. Now if a caregiver is you know there with them for part of the day, but can they addition, in addition work outside the caregiver role? Or are they allowed to have a full-time job in addition?
4: So there is no mandate that says the caregiver cannot work. Um, of course, we have to look at each instance, you know, um, individually when we're when when their eligibility uh, determinations are made. However, um, how the um, the rule is written at this point. It basically states that as long as it, it is shown that there are personal care needs, if they have that 70% or higher service connection and then there are personal care needs, that could be one or more ADLs. Um, and if those ADLs uh, need that required hand-on assistance each time that is done, um, then they still could potentially be eligible. So just to kind of give an example, you know, um, to clarify that a little bit. Uh, so say for instance, there is a, uh, veteran that is pretty independent, but, you know, for, uh, for certain reasons, they do require assistance with, uh, getting dressed, full body dressing, as well as bathing. Bathing and dressing are the two areas that they need assistance with each time, um, in that type of dynamic, if they're fully functioning in all other ways, caregiver could possibly wake up in the morning, assist them with bathing and dressing, and then go to work. Okay. You know? Um so there's no way for us to say, you know, just blanket statement, oh no, just because they're working outside of the home that they're 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 not eligible for the program. So it would be case by case.
1: So if a veteran was already under the caregiver support program prior to these changes on yes. october 1st mm-hmm. do they need to reapply
4: no they do not need to reapply um, there will be a time at this point we haven't started the reassessment process uh, but there will be reassessments of what we're calling our legacy participants those are the individuals that were already involved in the program so they pretty much get kind of grandfathered in at this point um, and so from there uh, once we start reassessing, we will do a reassessment of every um, current or legacy participant. And from there, they will be reassessed based on the new application process and guidelines. And so there will be determinations made of whether or not they are still deemed eligible um, or if, you know, they're um, at a point where at some point soon they'll be discharged for the program. However, um, it has been said that even if those determinations are made regardless of when that that reassessment happens when those determinations are made if it's decided say if we did a reassessment november 1st Mm -hmm. and it was determined that these the this caregiver and veteran is no longer eligible based on the new guidelines there will be no changes in regards to you know um their eligibility until after one year from the expansion date, which is will be, you know, October one of twenty twenty one. Oh, okay. So, um, so and then at that point there will still be more time provided in order to um make adjustments and things of that sort before the stipend, you know, payments would stop as well. So so,
1: if a veteran disagrees with the the reassessment or mm-hmm. you know, the application and assessment, yeah. can you appeal to the decision?
4: Absolutely. I mean, any decision or determination that's made by a caregiver support program that the veterans have a right to appeal.
1: So, this is a, a topic that you know we hate to hear, but you know sometimes uh, a caregiver. Is less than a, a caring caregiver. You, mm-hmm. you know, probably run into situations where you have a somebody who's taking advantage of a veteran, mm-hmm. or you know, using it for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have a way of finding that out? And how do you go by? You know, how do you make sure that a veteran is not being taken advantage of?
4: Well, first off, we we always like to make it clear that at any given time, um, the um, the veteran and caregiver can be revoked from the from the program. Um, even if it's just because they decided that it's no longer a good fit. So we we like to make sure that our veterans are aware that because, you know, they are enrolled in a program, that doesn't mean that this is the way that it has to stay, you know? Um, So we, we, Try to make sure that that open communication and dialogue is there. Um, also, too, uh, we um, have regular intervals in which we contact uh, now to do wellness contacts to assure you know things are, are still going well. And that take that's a component that uh, directly speaks with the veteran as well as the caregiver and things of that I sort to assure that things are going the way that they should should be going. Um, And we just kind of, you know, go from there. So it really is just about um, just keeping that that dialogue going. There's also um, times in our program where home, you know, home uh, care is provided. So our team or staff members are going into the home to assess those environments and things like that, too.
1: So as caregiver support coordinators, do you guys ever meet with veterans or their, their caregivers to kind of discuss some of the, the in-person things? Or, um, you know, Sherry, with, with you having experience as a caregiver, um, do you kind of coach them through the process?
4: Yes, we do. So pretty much after um, the veteran and caregiver are approved for, for our program, uh, at that point, at that point, they're generally assigned a caregiver support coordinator, and so that caregiver support coordinator, along with some other of our staff, uh, actually reach out at regular intervals in order to uh, complete wellness contacts to assure um, things are, are going well, to make sure that there's not any other supportive resources that's needed. Um, or any interest in any other uh, type of resources that we have and that we provide. Also, too, uh, they usually have the contact information of their caregiver support coordinator. So at any time questions arise, they can reach out and contact.
1: And there are a lot of resources out there for anyone who's interested. Uh, The website, there is a caregiver support uh, hotline as well.
3: There is. There's the uh, caregiver support line, um, and that number is 855-260-3274. It's toll-free, and it's uh, Monday through Friday, 730 to 10 o'clock Eastern Time, Saturday, 8 to 5. And um, it's it's manned by um, professionals, and they, um, in turn, you know, if they need um, one of us to contact them, We'll get a referral to, you know, to call them back. Otherwise, they have um, a host of other, you know, resor- VA resources that they can refer them to um, at a moment's notice.
1: Great. And the there is actually a, a national caregiver support website, correct?
3: Yes, it is www.caregiver.va.gov. And there is um, links to a host of... Um, you know, fact, fact sheets, frequently asked questions, um, the application is on there, the new expansion application is on there, and also um, how to locate their uh, local uh, CSE, their caregiver support coordinator.
2: Great. So Sherry, as somebody who's been uh, a caregiver, um, what's one thing that you would tell people who are just coming into the program that, something that, boy, I wish I'd have known this when I started from your from your personal experience?
3: Uh, my experience would be to don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, once you get a hold of that caregiver support coordinator, they become your best friend. Um, you know, ask, you know, what the, what the veteran is entitled to, how to get, you know, the applications, how to get the resources, and also research. Re- you know, if they give you uh, a website or a phone number, don't be afraid to call it.
1: Great. Well, ladies, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate that. that was a lot of great information. So um, those of you out there who are still a little overwhelmed, feel free to uh, check that website to make sure that you get all the details because there's a lot of individual stuff that, uh, that you know, people have to kind of work out as they go through the program. Is there anything else you guys would like to uh, to say before we go?
3: Just that we welcome, you know, all of the caregivers uh, that are out there. If, if there's ever a question, um, number one, look at the website. Number two, give us a call if you're not clear on anything and, um, don't be afraid to ask.
1: Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you back here in two weeks on the Nine Line podcast.
0: You've been listening to the Nine Line, a production of the VA Southern Nevada Healthcare System. For more information about what the VA is doing for Nevada's veterans, check out our official webpage at www.lasvegas.va.gov or follow us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LasVegasVA. Thanks for listening.